Talk Radio with the best host in the biz. Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7 the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Shea, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflections. Brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. As always, I'm here with you uh, wanting to share what's going on in the world and to get an idea of how it, what it means to us and how we need to grow from it. You know, um, life can change in a matter of seconds. And we have to be prepared and ready uh, to deal with the aftermath of what happens when life goes wrong. And I wanted to just talk about some of the devastating things that have happened in the last few days, the last three or four days, uh, that have changed people's lives drastically. And we have to look at it and evaluate it and reflect upon it and decide what it is that we're going to do feel or react to the issues that have taken place. You know, a lot of times I talk about how you have to evaluate whether or not you want to be involved in the risk uh, taking uh, that makes life exciting. And certainly I, uh, I have a problem with heights and I'm not into all these different things that make life exciting by throwing you up in the air and twirling you around and all of that. But 
we just recently saw where a simple boat ride turned into a tragic event. And I have to tell you, I uh, went to Fort Lauderdale a few years ago, and uh, I got on one of those same similar boats. And at no time did I think that my life was going to be at risk. And so there are things that you can do that are every day that has seemingly have no risk of tolerance to it related to your life, but all of a sudden turns in that direction. And uh, this event that took place in Missouri where nine people out of 11 family members lost their lives and 17 people lost their lives. It's just, it's just unbelievable. And you recognize that, you know, people have no, there may not have been any accidents that took place. And certainly that man or those, I would not have thought those captains of those two vessels would have taken those people into that water had they seen it been that rough from the very outset. And a lot of times here in Florida, uh, the the weather changes so quickly and so dramatically, you may find yourself in a hazardous situation uh, before you know it. And the issue uh, becomes, you know, whether or not they should have listened or paid attention uh, to the weather, you know, the weathermen or the casters who were giving them hour-to-hour information. But the truth is, is now that a lot of people are no longer with us, and there are people who were out on a family outing whose whole families have been destroyed. And we need to look at and pay attention to how do we, how do we deal with the sudden loss of life. You had another situation in California where a man was running from the police and he went into Trader Trader Joe's, uh, and then uh, a manager was killed as a result of him running into that grocery store. And every day we have to deal with the fact that there are people doing things that are normal that end up costing them their lives. So, Cheryl, here we are, we're talking about, you know, such tragedy uh, happens to people. And initially, I, I when I first heard it, I'm going to be truthful. I want all of us to always be truthful. You know, I thought that um, there's no way in the world I would have thought that that many African Americans would have been on that boat at the same time. I just didn't think that's how it was going to play out. And when I saw that uh, 11 of the, the people, uh, nine of them were African-Americans from a black family, I just thought, oh, my God, uh, you know, it's, it, is, it, it hit home even more, especially since I had been on one of those boats myself again in Fort Lauderdale. What, what, what are your thoughts about how you – how we – have to learn to face tragic moments and how overwhelming it is. You know, you can think that you're out on a a family gathering and the next thing you know is a family tragedy. 
Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? You know, um, it really saddened me to hear the news um, about the lives that was lost at that time um, and to hear the survivors speak. You know, I, I could not have began to imagine or want to imagine the pain that she's going through. Um, you know, and that's what we say, you know, we have to live moment by moment because sometimes we can think, just like you said, you know, we're going on an outing and never do we know that, you know, somebody may not be coming home and it may be one of us. And life has a way of changing instantly and that has been the case you know, in many, many situations in our lives. You know, sometimes, and some people take so many things for granted, not realizing that life is not promised to us. You know, when we leave home, you know, that may be the last time we ever witness home again. Uh, And I'm saying for survivors, you know, um, meaning that the situation is not the same that we are used to. Um, That's why, you know, we have to live life to the fullest. And, you know, a lot of times we go through so much of foolishness and it's not even worth it that we are not living. And I'm just hoping, you know, that they had so many memories, you know, the survivor had so many memories to look back on and no regrets because that's something that we don't want. But, yeah, I mean, our lives can change at an instant. You know, I'm a um, um, one of those who was in Hurricane Katrina and never knew, you know, when I left to get out, you know, they always say um, evacuate. Well, never did I even begin to imagine that I was never going to return home again and that everything changed in my life. And another thing, too, is that, you know, we have to pray for each other because we never know what somebody else is going through. And, I, you know, like I said, I can't imagine, don't want to imagine. My heart really goes out to her. You know, any um, extended family members, um, because they have other family members that are survivors, you know, that weren't on the trip. Um, it's such a tragedy and heartbreaking, you know, to know. But this is everyday life. And although we are not prepared, we really have to be prepared. You you are so right. It is everyday life. And, um do you have a situation where you think you're going on a simple uh, ride, uh, an entertainment ride, and then it costs you your life? And the lady was able to describe in such detail what she was going through. It was easy for me uh, to imagine what it took for her to try to save her own life. I mean, when you, she was talking about how cold the water was, and she knew that she was deep in the water because because of its temperature. And then as the temperature rise 
uh, she felt uh, it warming up, and then she wanted to look for her children. But every time her face would uh, break the water, she didn't see anybody. And then luckily she was near a boat, and people tried uh, uh, and rescued her. But the deal is, is that, you know, it is just um, unimaginable uh, to be with uh, 11 people who you love and care for, and then within uh, 15 or 20 minutes you you've lost uh, nine loved ones, and uh, it, it's just you know it's uh, unimaginable. And then the the number of African Americans that were lost, uh, the number was just uh, you know the driver and then the nine others. I mean, you, here you are, you got ten African Americans who were just. Uh, Taking a day uh, to enjoy themselves, and they're no longer with us. Well, good evening, everybody. And, uh, that is uh, quite chilling, uh, to say the least. Uh, this goes to show you that some things in life uh, you just can't prepare for. Um, you know, we can all try to take precautions and try to check the weather and. Uh, Kind of uh, not be favorable to be the the, the three of speakers, but just going out on a family outing, um, you know. And and we all see the weather change uh, in the in the blink of an eye, um, and some things just can't prepare for. Uh, I was listening to Michelle, and you know the only thing that one can try to do is, like she say, live life moment by moment. Uh, we all speak about one day at a time, but sometimes that's not that's not uh, enough to appreciate life, living it one day at a time. I mean, uh, that's good, but moment by moment is, has a tendency to, to uh it spreads what one really has or uh, really holds dear in life. You know, moment by moment for me now, and I'm, this is what I'm trying to get to. Moment by moment for me, uh, I feel I feel that I'm a special person. I can tell by Miss Cheryl, by the way she talks, that she's a special person. And what makes people special is when you go through something, and you go through a dire situation, and, I, and this is the first time I heard her talk about the uh, extended uh, experience dealing with Katrina. I did not know that she was a survivor in that way. But when people go through a dire situation, and they have a, uh, they have the, the experience of, of uh, actually witnessing God's grace. You know, we hear about God's grace all the time. We hear about it all our lives. But when you actually come to experience God's grace and he actually puts his hand on you, it really changes you. It changes you in a way where you understand <clears throat> what it takes to uh, go through life moment by moment. See, I'm a special person where people around me are really, and I'm not bragging when I say this, they're really nothing like me. 
um, they get they get into uh, petty confrontations over nothing. And I'm 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 like the fixer because that's why I'm on your show, and that's why the sheriff's on your show, and that's why the, the regulars on your show all the time because we are the fixers. We are the fixers in life. A lot of people just don't understand that you just don't uh, go through life and and not show some compassion and not care. And so, but when you witness God's grace, it changes you in a way where you know you get a second chance in life. And you tell God, thank you for the second chance. And I promise you, from here on out, I'll try to get it right. <laughs> and so for this woman that had survived, uh, her story is chilling. But hopefully uh, she can find something out of it, even though she lost all her family members and friends. Hopefully she can find something in that where she might be able to uh, help somebody else get through their trials and tribulations in life. Thank you. you know, it is, uh, when you say that, D, it's so true. You know, one of the things I heard her say that was so so scary is, is that this lady has to go from having a full house. Uh, she was talking about how she was always hearing something in her house, and right now she's still uh, in the hospital. But she got to go to a house where it may be completely silent because, you know, she's lost nine individuals who made a lot of noise in her house uh, during her lifetime. And now she got to go back to a home without a husband and without children. And so, Regina, her life is going to forever be changed. And you hope that she'll be able to get through it because it's not an easy task. I know when I lost my mother and father within two weeks of each other, uh, my whole world was changed. I went from having a safety net uh, as an only child and not having a safety net at all. And so I know how quickly life can change. Uh, when you think you're doing something that is fairly simple, you're just out there trying to enjoy your family and your world is turned upside down. Regina? Yes, I'm I'm here. <clears throat> um you know, as that that kind of thinking comes to my mind, I don't want to say often. But um, I do, I do think about it, James, because my daughter is an only child. I only have one out of three, out of four girls in total. Nobody else has a child, so my daughter has no first cousins, and. Um, you know, I just always think, you know, what, that that safety net, if something were to happen to me, you know, in her life, in her lifetime, that safety net would be would be gone. So I have to prepare her for that time. But there's no preparation for, for what 
this family has experienced. I worked for a funeral home for 25 years, and we have two funeral homes in our family, so I literally used to sleep in the funeral home as a child. But during that time of service, I never, ever told a family, I understand, because it is no way that I could understand or comprehend losing someone and not being able to pick up that phone and call them the next day or 15 minutes, you know, after thinking about them, call them or immediately call them because I've never had that experience. So it's it's just unthinkable and just much prayer from me to that family that that's, I can offer that. And, and Cheryl, it is just difficult to imagine this lady's life being thrust into a life-saving situation. I mean, can you think about the minutes? I, we, it probably wasn't um, five minutes, but five minutes of what she went through, feeling herself unable to save herself, and to be thrown into water that was 40 feet deep and possibly 80 feet, depending on where she was at the exact time. But to go through that and have to live with that and sleep with that has to be mind-altering and life-altering. <laughs> You're so right, Um when you say mind-altering, you know, is that, you know, even imagine trying to fixate your mind to a point of of this is reality. So it's not something, because now you're going to have to face reality. You're going to have to deal with a new norm. It's so many different things, and the biggest thing is is to keep from going into any kind of depression because you know you're gonna some people have a lot of questions why me, why you know just why, why did this happen, but you know we know that God is in control. But our heart is, um, you know, not prepared for that. And a lot of things set in at that time. Anger sets in, you know, disbelief, um, loneliness, just like, you know, was mentioned. You know, a lot of different things that you're dealing with and rushed on you all of a sudden that you never had to deal with. So... The biggest thing is is to keep the mind, you know, healthy to the point where, you know, we as individuals, because I know I lost a lot of family um, members through depression, and not only that, that was the first time um, after traveling to two states after the hurricane that um, I began going to a mental health co-op 
you know, trying to deal with because I had my own business. I was a manager somewhere, um, you know, and I was in the process of fixing up a house, and everything just slips from you. And then you think, you know, you out here, and you're trying to find your way. You're trying to find a new norm. You're trying, you know, and what got you years and years to get to that point, you know, and just like with the, her family, years of being around them, years of being in their lives, and all of a sudden it's not no more. So it's going to be a lot of things that she's going to go through, and everybody goes through things differently. But I just pray that she has a support group there that help her through the things that she's going to go through. And she will go through the pain, and it's going to be necessary because if she don't go through it now, she'll go through it later. But it's how she deal with the pain. That's going to be the big outcome. Indeed, it can be life and its tragedies can be so over overbearing. You know, I know that um, if I had not had my daughter at a young age, and I had been a a single child with no daughter, uh, I would have. I don't know. I don't know if I would have made it through, uh, because you have to have something to live for. And this lady is going to have memories of what it took her to survive, and she's also going to have memories of what she thought or thinks uh, was the last minutes of her children's life. And one of the problems is is that she 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 was with those kids until they got everybody got thrown into the water. So they lived the the uh, the, the tragic. Um, Going through the water coming onto the to the to the vessel, to the vessel being tossed and turned, uh, to being close uh, to the exit, uh, but the, at the end uh, they didn't make it. So she has a lot of memories, and maybe uh, she might suppress some of those thoughts. Uh, but it is something that you you have to be prepared to deal with because it's. It happens around us so much. Well, James, uh, for me, uh, this is the deepest conversation that we've had, and uh, for me it is. Miss um, Cheryl speaks about how this lady has to um, find a way to go through it, to go uh, through the depression, and to find a way. Now, mind you, that lady can do that if she's been prepared by her parents on how to deal with stuff like this. See, that that's key right there. You know, if and Miss Cheryl probably would agree with me. Had she not had the tools on knowing how to deal when these things come about, because we don't we don't never know when they come about. That's why it, it bothered me so bad when people be distracted by minor stuff. So when, when like you, the, the question you used to say, you used to say, James, when your number is called, will you be prepared and be able to deal if 
you survive most anything. Now, because I say this now, I don't I don't mean to mark to mark uh, the condition of of depression, but we all know that people, some people want to fall into a depressive state over minor stuff. So when when so when something catastrophic happens, um, if a person is able to pull themselves up like Michelle did, that really takes that really takes some talent, for the lack of a better term. It, it takes some talent, talent and some preparedness to actually know how to not buy into the negative that's happening to you, but still have a sense of positive in your life and knowing that God is with your action can get you through this. Now I posted a, a question on Facebook once, and I want to, I want to lay this same question out to y'all. When we are, while we are living, is it important for us to prepare our children to take care of us when we are, when we get old and dying, or is it our job to prepare them to go on without us? See, I think that's that's the question. Um, a, a lot of people, and now people in my family have have always assumed that their children are going to take care of them when they get old, and then when they die, then the children just lost as hell, and they bickering with one another, and they don't know what to do, and sometimes the the, the person don't even have life and stuff like that. Or is it our job to on a day by day basis? on a moment-by-moment basis, hugging them, telling you love them, preparing them to go on and have something and have some tools on knowing how to deal without you being the matriarch of the family. Because that time is going to come. You know, and thirdly and finally, um, you know, we've all heard that, heard it being said that God allowed these things to happen. Now, that lady don't have to go through that and, and kind of pull ourselves up together. But God allowed things to happen so we, the one that, that survived, can have an idea that, you know, we should slow our roll a little bit about every, everything, even politics and all that. Because sometimes, you know, it's nice to talk about it, but it's not really good for let, to let that stuff consume us. Because, like, like we all know, like the man in the grocery store, you can go to work one day and not even come home. You can be driving to work one day and somebody T-bone you and just break your neck in the blink of an eye. So um, all that all that kind of stuff is good to take in and, and, and find a way to really appreciate life. Thank you. You know, you, uh, you pose a really tough question, D, uh, because I think both of those, things are a requirement. I know that I had to learn how to take care of my father and be his caretaker uh, after he became sick and his wife left him. I had to, to, to assist in a lot of things. And sometimes you find yourself, uh, you know, they say once uh, a man, twice a child. Sometimes you find yourself taking care of, Adult people as though they're children And doing things that you didn't think You would have to do uh, For your mother and father 
And it's important that you instill in your children a need uh, to carry on because there's a there's a, there's a role that they need to play in the world that you gave them uh, you gave them or want them to be prepared for uh, because they have to finish the journey that you started. I really feel like I'm still doing the journey of my mother and my father uh, that I still have to do things to justify. Uh, their existence as well as my own. Uh, but there was a serious depression I went through initially, and had it not been for my daughter and what I felt was my responsibility to her, the depression could have gotten worse. And so we have an obligation to those who follow us uh, to give them all the information they need and the finances they need uh, to get through when we're no longer here. Uh, and so, uh, Regina, as he asked that question, that's one of the toughest questions in the world. But we certainly want our, to leave our children with the tools necessary for them to carry on without us and that they not be left in the world uh, looking for others uh, for uh, shelter. Uh, so we either have to provide them with the tools to get a job or to provide them with the finances to live on. Uh, but the majority of that is just the mental transition of being without those that you love. That is going to be the chaotic thing for this mother. I'm sure she thought she had decades left to experience being with her children, and she certainly didn't intend for that day to be the last day that her kids would be with her or her husband. Yes. Um, preparation is is the key. Um, and I'm thinking we're talking about two different things because that's the that was the unexpected there. Now, what we can plan for is a is a different mindset. And unfortunately, um, African-Americans do not like to think of that time. When I suggest that um, folk buy into to my, my, my business of, of pre-planning, um, writing pre-obituaries or telling their story, I try to share with them, nobody better can tell your story than you. But some people say, oh, I'll wait and let my children do that. And the children, you know, they're not even prepared. That time is such a shock, even if they knew it was coming. It's still such a shock that um, it's not really what what the children want to do in that, that funeral preparation. So with that being said, I just thought about the fact that this woman has to plan nine funerals. Nine funerals. She has to deal with nine insurance policies, nine obituaries, nine bodies, nine sets of business, nine, you know, schools. 
clothing. Because each of these nine people, except for the little babies, had a life. Now look at the magnitude of that now. Prayer needs to start now for, for these survivors. Because they're going to need to be in and in, they're, they're just going to need all the prayer, all of the angels hovering over them. Oh my! They did have a GoFundMe page, and I have to get the uh, actual name of the the fund uh, they they created. Uh, but Cheryl, it is just as uh, Regina describes it. It just seems to be, uh, I, I know, I can't even imagine where she starts. She's still in the hospital, and she still, she does have the assistant with her, with her uh, pastor being there. But I have to tell you that if it wasn't for my daughter intervening on my, with and assisting with me with my mother and father's funeral, and me having uh, uh, someone who knew my family, uh, who was at the uh, who was uh, the funeral director. I have to tell you, it was like when he came to me. He said to me, he said, "Deshay, uh, he said I don't want you to have to deal with anyone else. I'll take care of the whole thing." And I could not imagine how easy he made it for me, uh, and 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 to. You know, because I had to send my mother back to South Carolina. I want her to be buried back in her hometown. But I'm just saying there are so many intricate things that go along with uh, dealing with death uh, that you have to just pray that you have someone who is willing to treat you like a family member. And certainly that's what that man did for me just on the basis of being aware of my family name. Uh, he treated me at, like a family member, and and my daughter assisted me. So just like Regina says, to think of, I'm not, we're not really sure. She, we know it's a husband, and we know it's there's some children, but we don't know how close those nine people are to her. But that is that does just sound overwhelming uh, to deal with uh, in terms of you trying to recover and have to 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 get all of that done. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Are you, were you talking to Regina? No, I was talking to you, Cheryl. I was just, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It is, it is a lot. Um, and, you know, sometimes no matter how, how fast we do things, Sometimes it catches us before we get to it. You know, when it, the saying that we have good intentions, you know, writing a living will, getting our um, affairs in order, um, just simple things that we have in mind to do, and we constantly put those things off, and it mm-hmm. catches us or our family off guard because, you know, when we say we're going to do it, and they have no idea, and then they say, well, I know she said she was, you know, she had this together and she had that together. Uh-huh. And we leave a lot for others to take care of when 
you know, even if it's on a monthly basis that we reevaluate a lot of things. And if monthly is too much, you know, every three months, go over your business, making sure, you know, and I always tell my mama, please dot your I's and cross your T's. Because when you have siblings that will do just about anything, you know, when it comes to death, you know, all I'm going to do, like I told her, I'm going to stand back, put my hands up in the air, and y'all can go at it because, first of all, I didn't work for in any of this. Second of all, I'm not going to argue with nobody for anything. So a lot of times we can save our family members a lot of the heartache and the pain. Now, they may be upset with us when they find out what our decisions are, you know, but it makes it makes life easier afterwards. So, you know, I always do on my Facebook page, if not every month, every other month, new beginnings. Whatever we have not done thus far, let it go. But let's begin today doing those things that we should have done, whether it's spiritually, mentally, physically, you know, um, Whatever we said that we were going to do, don't beat yourself up about it. But let's begin right now, today. And don't put, I'm going to start Monday. What's wrong with the moment? We can let go of the moment before now and begin right now. Because just like we see now in the, you know, in the tragedies of life, life is not promised to us within the moment. You know, there's been situations where people left right out their door and got into a car accident and got killed So and never came back home. And, you know, there's many, many, many tragedies and situations like that all because all of them don't get publicized and not in the media. You know, we it does not bring attention to those, but right here in your neighborhood, right here in your community. You can think uh, of things that you've heard of, and right there in your family. You know, we have to get our business together. You know, and like you said, James, you have your daughter there to help you. But, you know, things that you haven't told her, write it down so she she would know. You know, I try to tell my children all the time, they so what my business is, and then I have a notebook. All they have to do is go in it, and they can see everything that I may not have said. So make it easier for the loved ones or either for you for a loved one that has, you know, that has left you behind, whatever one it may be. But um, we have, you know, we have so much to do, and, you know, I hope, you know, one of the things that you said, James, about procrastinating, I hope that, you know, that you have come to grips and not and began to tackling some of those things, you know, and not only you but all of us, things that we think that we have tomorrow to deal with um, because we may be faced with it or our family may be faced with it. And it's so amazing, D, as we live these hours and these minutes and these seconds, uh, that we realize that uh, we have to grasp and make something out.
out of each and every portion of that time uh, because we don't know when the day or time may come. Uh, you know, and and we change our minds so quickly. I have to share with you guys uh, a few decades ago, uh, maybe not even a few, maybe one decade ago, I was all about, oh, I got to be buried. I got to be buried because I need to, you know, and now that I have buried two two parents, and I'm sure that 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 was their expectations for me to do, and in both situations they made provisions. I didn't have to go out and ask uh, for anybody's assistance uh, because my you know, uh, the things I did, I made sure my dad had an insurance policy and my mom made sure she had money. Uh, so there was no need for me to go out and ask anybody, ask anybody for any money. But one of the things I've come to grips with is <clears throat> that I spent close to uh, more than $5,000 on each of them, uh, maybe up towards seven or eight. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, how much is that do I really need to do? And that thought about having to have a a vault and a casket and a plot and all that stuff uh, that people try to add up to cost money, that I may just want to be burned up and and put into a little container that costs $300. You know what I'm saying? It, It just doesn't. You know, we we do a lot of things and want a lot of things related to death, uh, but are we making provisions for that? And is, there, is all of that necessary? You know, when God says something real, you know, my God in the Bible says something really profound. You know, he said, let the dead take care of the dead and the living take care of the living. And that's one of those things when you're saying, hey, you got to deal with the reality that that person is gone and nothing you do for them is going to bring them back. Well, phenomenal, man. Uh, you know, uh, a lot being said, and uh, I, I'm very glad we talked about everything. Um, you know, uh, Ms. Regina and Ms. Shira kind of hit on something that's very important. Uh, just two words, mindset. Uh, we know when it comes down to African-Americans, uh, we uh, don't have a mindset to, to talk about a lot of stuff, and that's really bothers. You know, uh, they find a lot of stuff taboo to talk about. Um, now, quickly, um, I myself have t- have talked to my wife about my plans or what the arrangements that I want us to have if, when my time comes, and that that is to be cremated also. Uh, it is my understanding that uh, the idea of being buried, buried is uh, totally biblical and re- religious-based uh, because because Christ is buried. And and the thing that the Bible speaks of about, uh, you know, uh, being reborn and, and, and things of that sort and all that. Okay, and I and I, and I do respect that and I abide by that. However, when I buried my dad and my mom, quickly, um, she had uh, she was remarried and had married her husband uh, of three years, and then she passed away. Uh, uh, 
she had started to uh, deviate her uh, beneficiary clauses in, in her insurance uh, to make him part beneficiary, all right, or something to that effect. But then she started to think about what would be more important. And so uh, her mindset was to go back and make my brother and myself uh, total beneficiary, but she didn't finish the job. So the the agency tells us uh, she had started she had started making plans to do so, but like Miss Cheryl said, she didn't dot all her dot all her eyes and cross her teeth. So she she died before she actually got that fixed. Uh, luckily, uh, the husband was compassionate enough to convince the insurance company to make us part beneficiaries. All right. All right. That being said, now back to the uh, my my uh, wishes to be cremated. Uh, when I buried my dad, uh, and, and and understanding the cost in doing so, uh, the average casket costs about three thousand. All right. Uh, the uh, other services, you know, and what really got me was the vault. All right, the waterproof vault costs a lot more uh, money than the vault that will the water will get into the vault. All right, that cost, it's a it's a big price difference in that. Uh, it takes it costs four hundred dollars to dig the hole. All right, it costs four hundred more dollars to put the to put the dirt back in the hole. All right, and then uh and then, then the slab that goes on on top of the grave. Uh, you can get a three hundred dollar slab, the eight hundred dollar slab, and the marker and all that. Totally, totally ridiculous. You know, they're making a, a, a business out of your deal. And your beliefs and your belief system. See, and that is see, and that's the part that people got to really understand that people make money on off of what you believe. So, so yes, uh, for uh, five hundred, uh, whatever a thousand, whatever it costs for me to be cremated, that money can be saved. And, and so those are my wishes. And I also express to her, don't let my brother talk you out of that. These are our wishes because. Uh, the plans that we have made uh, for that day, uh, when it does happen, uh, you know, it, it, it needs to go to my family, not not nobody else's intervention in what they think. So, I just want to share that. Thank you. And that's what I'm talking about, Dean, in terms of, you know, um, letting people know my mindset has changed. I, I just, you know, one of the things that that a lot of people do that I have not done was, and I know we kind of switch uh, ears here, but I don't, I don't, I don't know the last time. I, I don't think I went to my father's grave since since he's passed away, and I know I haven't been to, to my mother's grave a lot, but because uh, she's in South Carolina, but I talk to them all the time. I think about them all the time, and I can. I feel like I can talk to them because I'm in the house that my dad built and I'm in the house that my mom lived in the majority of her life. So if I want to have a conversation with them, I I can connect with them right here. I don't have to go to their grave site to connect with them. And, you know, it, it is interesting that we we find ourselves causing financial burdens all the way to the very end sometimes. And we need to really think about those things and why it is that we do them 
uh, Regina, and who is going to be have to be responsible for them uh, uh, for the long term? Um, yeah, those are those are very, very good, um, very good questions. Um, I'm visiting one of my friends yesterday, whose mom is is transitioning. Um, I was speaking with her husband because she doesn't want, and I didn't want to see her mom because it's a very fragile time um, emotionally for the family. Just needed them to know that you know I'm there, but didn't need to be all in their business. And as I was walking out, I think her husband must have felt felt something in my spirit, and he said, "Wait a minute, Regina, I got something that I want to show you." And he's a very gruff motorcycle riding man who who sits in his recliner with his gun beside him, and um, never locks his doors because he's going to use that gun. That's just how gruff he is. But he got soft for a minute, and he took me to his computer. And he opened his computer and showed me his obituary. And I, I didn't have to ask much. I knew what it took for him to do that. And um, I said, okay. And I said, what about the... I knew that meant that he trusted me to make sure his wishes were carried out. So I said, well, what about the um, arrangements? He told me what funeral home. He said, we've already been and we've taken care of that. And I said, okay. He said, we're going out to the military cemetery. I said, okay. Um, I said, what about something about the wake or something, or no, the casket. I said, well, have you picked out your casket? He said, we're being cremated. Now, I didn't let him see a surprise on my face. I said, okay. And he said, so right there, they've taken care of all of that. Now, his survivors may say, um, no, I don't want to get cremated. But they don't want to go underground. So they have everything arranged the way they want it. And he trusted me to make sure that his wishes, according to his will and everything, are carried out. Now, I'm going to tell you all a funny thing about cremation. I was dating this guy whose husband had passed. James, don't laugh. Okay. So it was her, the husband, the, dating this guy whose wife had passed. So I was just asking him. I said, well, well, where is she? Wondering where was she buried? Was he going to take the sons to the grave site to see him on her birthday? And he said, you pass by every time you come in. And I said, say what? Needless to say, my visits to that house were limited because the ashes were there in the house, and it was just not in my mindset to even um, think that I was in the house with ashes, with someone's body. So we've got yeah, that to, is kind. Of, that is kind of eerie. 
we we've got to you know we've got to plan and we and we've got to prepare our loved ones for our plans. So if I help people with their funeral plans, I give them a copy with well, a funeral their obituaries, and I put a copy on on a um on a disc on a, a jump drive and put the jump drive in the envelope so they have a hard copy and they have the jump drive because life changes. So when I write it, they may have three living whatever. Somebody may die. Somebody may have a baby. But you've got to tell your loved ones what your desires are, put it in writing, and give it to a trusted person like maybe leave it in the files at your church and take it to a funeral home if you're pre-paying or have a pre-need. But that's preparation to help those loved ones to face your absence easier. If you love your loved ones, make that time easier for them. They may not understand it right now, but I promise you they will appreciate it at that time. All right, we're going to take a short break and come back and give everyone an opportunity uh, to say their final words. We got it together, didn't we? We've definitely got our thing together, don't we? Isn't that nice? I mean, really, when you really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? I can easily feel myself slipping and slipping more and more away, you see. That super world of my own. Nobody but you and me. We've got it together, baby. Oh, no. 
of the world to take my rightful place among the stars, the woman that does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but create my own destination. I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those yet to dream to greatness. I am the mother of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth, igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I am this woman that ascends the expectation of the world to take my rightful place among the stars. The woman who does not use the traditional roadmaps to a given place, but creates my own destination. 
I am this woman that maintains her intrinsic beauty in ways not determined by others' thoughts, but by my own sense of uniqueness, my own desire of sexiness and allure. I am this woman designed by my creator to scale the height of the unbounded, allowing my talents to be seen by the masses while inspiring those to dream. I am the woman of the world, deserving the respect of all that walk under the gravity of the earth. Igniting the love that exists in all men while being the birthplace of the future. I am this woman. I really, I, I don't have any. Let's just keep this family in prayer. Let's just keep them in, in, in sincere, sincere prayer. All right. Cheryl, your final thoughts for this evening? Just as, um, just as Regina said, you know, let's keep the family in prayer, but let's continue to pray for each other because we never know what the other one is dealing with. You know, sometimes people are in silence, but they may be going through something or dealing with some, you know, a situation. Um, Very, very great um, show, interesting conversation that we had um, beyond just talking about, you know, the family, talking about things that are necessary that we, you know, that we really should do that we really should step up. Um, So with that being said, whatever we do, we can always do more. All right. You are so right, uh, Cheryl. We we just have to get that as part of our mindset, uh, that we are responsible for doing what it takes to make our lives worth living and giving uh, the world that gift that God gave us. Uh, So it is so important uh, that we recognize there's more to our lives than just ourselves, and we have to benefit those who cross our path. Thank you all so much for your continued support, and I look forward to, um, to us continuing to work together to make things happen. Take care, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. your children and don't let them fall by the side of the road and teach them to love one another that heaven might find a place
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.